you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. The Around the NFL podcast. Can't fight this feeling anymore. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler. Chris Wessling and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. How are you? Are you a speedwagon, Wes? That must be bringing you back to your days at the old junior high. No, that was way before my junior high. <laughs> well, what, what does uh, Matt Money Smith have to do to get a laugh or a smile out of you two guys in the morning? I mean, he's out there bearing his soul. The old consternation time. corner over here. Hey, look, I'm not going to do some <laughs> fake smile. Who do you think I am? Cam Newton in the pre-draft pro- process? Whoa! Oh, wow. Bob McGinnheat. <laughs> Um, Listen, I'll laugh when I feel like it. No, wait, that was Nolan Naraki. Yeah, Nolan Naraki. That's my fault. Nolan Naraki, the most hated man on the internet. Uh, Welcome to the uh, Around the NFL podcast. You know, we are getting close, gentlemen. It is Wednesday, September 2nd, at the time of taping. uh, Eight days away from football that matters. And you know that it's uh, getting serious when Greg gets a haircut. Mm. Did you get it from the makeup room, or did you actually pay for it? I paid for this one. Uh, there you go. Your good oh, no. friend Camille. Yeah, my boy Camille. We've already, you know, didn't have a word of uh, conversation between us the whole time. I didn't even. Do you? When you go there, do you tell them him what to do, or you just sit down and he cuts your hair? I don't um, even say anything. I pointed a picture of one of like <laughs> he cut what Camille does. Camille's a barber on Sepulveda here in Culver City uh, that many of us use. Uh, Not me. We point. Uh, he has. He cuts out pictures out of magazines and pastes them on his oh, I don't hair. do that. And then sometimes, like he, if if you don't say anything, he'll give you the regular. Sure. Yeah, but, that's like I, do. I like to point out one of the one one of the hotties on the mirror and say something yeah. like that. He's like, okay. Yeah. Hey, there's Josh Hartnett in 1997. Let's get him. <laughs> <laughs> I like Josh idea. Hartnett from the set of Pearl Harbor. I like not having to talk to <laughs> I the love barber it. at all. Oh, I love it. I, I don't like the pressure of oh, how you doing? What's I, I don't. They don't care, and I don't care. I might care, but generally. Let's that's why I don't go. Talk. That's why I go back there instead of your brotastic place where they like serve you a drink and this phony nonsense uh, with some. 
guy. I mean, Camille and I, we're on the same wavelength, playing a little classical music, By the maybe way, some hymns in the background sometimes. You should no listen, the boss. You should show some respect because you wouldn't even know about Camille if not for me. That's true. I did try out another one of those like fancy places that give you a drink. But then I real that was it was like a hipster from you know Echo Park talking to me too much and I was like enough of this and I went back to Camille keeps it tight life's too short for hipster haircuts exactly all right Greg didn't go. get his haircut over there at the makeup room but there was some drama what Maurice Jones Drew was badgering Greg about not loving football enough well he he was just saying in general this entire news organization needs to love football a little more so I stuck up for you know us as as football right. heads and lovers and said you know you can't don't come to us. He asked at one time how you learned about football. Was it like somebody being taught math and science? <laughs> that's, a, that's a fair question. Well, that is a, I mean, we didn't play most of us for many years. Some, some of us played. The three of you didn't play. I played. Does it, I mean, oh, wow. do you feel more qualified having played backup yeah, no, center in 1988? I think it shows. You know, you've been in a yeah. huddle. You've been to the pressure of a two-minute trip. <laughs> I don't see that showing you know? up in your analysis too often. Well, you know, that's, down Alex see, that's poor analysis on your part. <laughs> we need to get MJD in here at some point because yeah. he has brought a little energy to the NFL media conglomerate. I love it. Uh, Mark, uh, yesterday he ducked his head into the newsroom and said yeah. what? Well, he came around grilling various, you know, like bewildered figures with a camera behind him, like, your favorite team, can I go to the Super Bowl? And then he came to Dan and I, and he got very tough on us about the Browns and the Jets. Right, but, then, but then after he walked away... He... Oh, then he, as he was leaving, he announced a ping-pong tournament for the entire newsroom, and we better be good if we want to play with him, apparently. So he yeah. means business. That's, that's my kind of party. So yeah. that's what's happening. He's, he's on your list, though. He wants Ray Farmer fired immediately, if not sooner. Sooner. That doesn't get on my list. I just I want to hear about his analysis when he mm. says that. Mm. Feels kind of warmed over. All right. Let's have a chat about it. So here we go. Big show today coming up. Eight days away from the start of the regular season. Uh, we're going to uh, hit our NFC preview. Division by division, team by team. We're going to hit um, all 16 on Friday. We'll, we'll turn our attention to the AFC. But today is the National Football Conference uh, we're going to uh, then pick our division winners as part of this exercise and our wildcard teams. Mm. Hubba, yeah, hubba. That works. Uh, well, also, we're going to check in on the latest episode of Hard Knocks, the penultimate episode of Hard Knocks Season 10 uh, with the Houston Texans, another entertaining show. Uh, and then we will do some news, as we always do. Uh, so that, I mean, that feels like a good show. It's stacked. <laughs> stacked show. And every show from now until Thursday will be stacked. We have so much good stuff to get to. This is the fun stuff. This is why you lift all them weights. <laughs> all right, Dan. That was Gandhi. That's his quote. <laughs> all right. Before we get to the news, we'll check now behind the glass. He is a man. He has a headset. We don't. His name is TD. What is going on, guys? I love the idea of MJD as a new around the NFL villain. I like that. Mm. I don't know. Even why is he a villain? We're not playing him as a villain. You always immediately get negative. That's what he was spe speaking against. I'm sorry. I love heat. Oh, so you and I, all of you guys, we have very different barbershop experiences, clearly. What's going talk, on? What's your talk, shop experience? You got to talk to your barber, man. Talk about what's yeah, the what games, depends. let us movies. That's cultural. You know? Yeah, Don't you have friends cultural. you can talk to that about? Yeah. You know, <laughs> uh, MJD is kind of like a worthy foil. I look at him that way. He'll be a fun guy to mix it up with. Sure. Let's get him in here. Let's do some news. That's two sacks. Him and the quarterback. The great bully, Brian Cushing, right there from Hard Knocks, episode two. 
Kush grew up in Park Ridge, New Jersey, by the way, right over the border from Pearl River, New York, mm. the old Zeuser's hometown. I see some That's, shared DNA. I, I kind of do. There is right. that sort of uh, New York-y, you know, jock. You and Yeah, you and total. You spell better than he does. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, let's do some news. We'll start with the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, not, not often do the Jacksonville Jaguars lead our news. So it's usually not a good thing. Julius Thomas, their high-priced tight end, they signed to a huge deal uh, in the offseason to uh, really lift their offense to a different level. We knew that he had this finger issue. He hurt, hurt himself in the first game of the preseason. It's going to cost him a significant amount of time. About a month, he's going to need surgery after having a uh, second consultation with a doctor on Tuesday. Mark Sessler, uh, out of the picture, how big a setback is this for Blake Bortles, who needs weapons to grow in year two? I think it's a big setback out of the gate. I mean, we, we've seen another nice preseason from Blake Bortles. He's grown, and they went out and got Julius Thomas to be his go-to target, a friendly tight end that he can use. I look at this team and the bad luck that happens to teams that can't get out of the basement. You know, you look back at what happened with Justin Blackman. Imagine an offense where Blake Bortles comes in, and this season you've got Justin Blackman and Julius Thomas. Instead, you've you got neither. Allen Robinson's probably your number one Marquise Lee hasn't even seen the field yet. Yeah. The, the OC of the uh, Jaguars called, uh, called him a albino tiger, Marquise Lee, because he's a guy that you, if you're lucky when you go to the zoo, you see him <laughs> peek out of the cave. But a lot of times he's not going to be there, so you just you have to get lucky to see him. We have some people like that in our newsroom. <laughs> oh, that's fair. <laughs> I mean, it's, Julius, been a, it's been a brutal offseason for the Jaguars. They lose uh, the number three pick in the draft, Dante Fowler. Mm-hmm. They lose Julius Thomas. I mean, those are the two guys along with Bortles that the, the fans are probably most excited about. And you mentioned Bortles looking good. He's Mr. August at this point. He's proven he can take care of the preseason. He looked great again, but now, now I'm looking forward to so, the regular season. All right, so here's some good news, Jaguars fans. Your owner announced that you'll be playing games in London through 2030, potentially. Get excited. <laughs> I don't know. That's all I got. It's not really a, a Why did you call boost. Julius Thomas friendly, by the way? Why is he a friendly No, like, a ta- like you know when that, when that well, young nice quarterback guy. has their, like, ta- go-to targets. Tight security ends often play that role. Yeah, security Florida, t- Florida Times Union called Julius Thomas the best player on the field, and nobody's even close in training camp. Mm. I, when I hear friendly, I, I think personality and whether there's someone that's approachable. Well, like that it's about like. looking at things from more than one layer, Dan. I can't do that. That's the issue that we're, we run into here. Can't do it. Uh, let's hit some uh, a little cuts rundown. There are two no, a lot of cuts going on right now. They're cutting down the rosters. Greg, help me. 90 to 75? That is right. That's already Nailed happened. It. And then it gets down to 53 by Saturday afternoon. And many of us will be on typing away on Saturday. Get excited. Yum. Can't wait. Trent Richardson, uh, Mark Sessler, uh, you know, let's talk about it. Let's get right to it. Right. Oakland Raiders signed Trent Richardson to a two-year deal in March, gave him six hundred grand in guaranteed money. Uh, he has been released. He is among the first uh, cutdowns by the team after doing nothing in three games, three preseason games, showing none of the bursts that made him once upon a time the number three overall pick by your Browns in the 2012 draft. Um First off, let's start with Greg here. Your thoughts on Richardson. Are we going to see him again in the NFL? Well, the most amazing thing about this is that, not that he didn't make the team, he was on our list of possible cuts, but that he didn't make it to the 53-man cutdown. That he is one of, he's not even one of those guys that's close to making the team. Whereas guys like Taiwan Jones, who's not a natural running back, Michael Dyer, George Atkinson, those are all guys that are still on the roster and did make that first cutdown. Here's the recipe to getting cut, by the way, as a running back in the NFL. Average less than three yards a carry in uh, multiple carries in the preseason and don't play special teams. 
There's no, there's no need for you. You don't have a role. The three best transactions involving Trent Richardson are, are Cleveland trading him for a first-round pick, mm. the Colts finally realizing he's out, and then the Raiders forget the guaranteed money. When you're that bad, you got to go. And, and every other running back on that roster has shown more than Richardson. And at some point, the experiment is up, and it's, it might be now. Wes, what went wrong? The entire football industry whiffed on this guy. Guys, respected and analysts like Mike Mayock and Greg Cosell called him. Number one him player in the draft. The number one player in the draft and the best running back since Adrian Peterson. Somebody like Ryan Grigson, when he trades for him, a respected scout says, you know, this is a great trade. I have no qualms about it. He's going to be awesome. And Jay Glazer, at the time of the draft, called Trent. This is the most bizarre thing to me. Called Trent Richardson the most impressive human being I've met in the past two mm. draft classes. And there's nothing like... There's nothing about Trent Richardson that, that seems impressive as a human being the last few years. He seems like he has no drive. Maybe Trent no was commitment. like investing in Glazer's Tybo classes or something. I don't know. I don't think Glazer's the type to just throw that out there. Yeah. I think he I mean, really liked Trent Richardson. Richardson had a series of knee operations. They weren't major, but there was that adds up. And, and I think the one thing on the field as a player, he, you look at who he was at Alabama, he is not that guy. Well, he he's, has a, he's too heavy. There's a startling lack of vision. When, there, when there's a hole, he just doesn't see it, and I don't know how that's fixable. I mean, Reggie McKenzie wasted a lot of money. $600,000 for a signing bonus is a lot for a guy who got cut. I mean, that, that pays for a lot of Mark Davis tracksuits. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you want to hey. look on the bright side? Only one player in history has a, a lower yards per carry average. Clark Hinkle, the inimitable Clark Hinkle. Wow. Played in the 30s and is in the Hall of Fame. In my, mm. wow. Maybe well, that's disturbing. <laughs> uh, my, in my experience or uh, sightings of Mark Davis, it's usually white jeans and a white long sleeve t-shirt. But oh, maybe there's a lot of tracks. Oh, there's some track. There's some track. Oh, he's sure got some track. It's always, you know, always light white colors or stonewashed garments. You know, a very interesting character, if you want to put it that way. Mark, should we settle up right now? Because I think we should. Well, you know, well, let me just set yeah. it up. Back in March, after the signing, um, I was convinced Trent Richardson was awful. And despite getting guaranteed money, he wasn't going to make that team. And he would never see a snap again. Everyone laughed at me. You laughed at me, Mark. Wes, you laughed at me. I don't remember me. laughing at you. Greg chuckled. I don't think but I the was, truth was... I wasn't involved in this at What all. is this well, narrative you've how created? How let Dan have his moment? <laughs> the old Zeuser got it right because Trent Richardson is not starting the season with the Raiders, and I don't think he's going to see a snap. And Mark, you and I, we had a sandwich on this, a sandwich. We did. Well, the actual sandwich bet, the reason I took you up, was you said he would never play another snap again in the NFL. Forget the Raiders, whether making the Raiders They still got a chance. That's right. So the bet is ongoing, but it wager. feels like a good, the wager, the proposition, it feels like a good time to pay up because we're at a pause point where we might not see them till December if some team's in a train wreck and they bring them back. So at this point, I think it's Teams time to give still take trains to their games? Um, all right. So you have a sandwich I have, from me well, right now? Well, here's the thing. It's very early while we're taping this. I went to the huddle, the commissary, yes. and I said, listen, can you cook up something that Dan Hansis would like? Oh. And so we'll see what it is. All it's, right. it's, it's some version of a sandwich. Here's our version of the Sully! Sully coming into the studio. Our wow. The Price is, you price is Right girl. Looking good. Yeah. Sully, great job. We got. Looks like we got an egg sandwich. Hash browns. Ooh, is that some avocado in there? Well, listen, I said let's keep a little healthy. Little hash browns. Oh, this looks delicious. I will savor this. Mark, you're a man of your word. Are you going to have some? You know... West no, that's too gross. Pants on camera. I'm going to warm it up. I, I will warn you, I purchased it about an hour ago. So yeah. it's in a, a middle. It's congealed. Mark, you're a man of your word. 
Thank you. And if, if he does play another snap, you're going to be a man of your word. I will. But I feel pretty confident about this because... Okay. If, now you're going to have to owe him two sandwiches if he does play. I will. I will give him <laughs> everything he needs. But three teams have now quit on this guy in three years. It's over. Come on. All right. Let's move on to the Houston Texans Hard Knocks episode four on HBO, which stands for what, Wes? Home box office. Nailed it. Home run. Uh, the uh, second to last episode of the series. This one... Uh, Greg uh, was an episode that showed us, uh, first of all, Vince Wilferk, um, one of the all-time characters on the show. And every season I've been writing these for four years now for NFL.com, there is a Hard Knocks MVP. What he did, and TD, I don't know if we have this to put on video uh, or on, on the screen, what he, what he showed up in to work <laughs> in Tuesday's episode is incredible. They were uh, overalls and a Overall cowboy shorts. hat. And cowboy boots and nothing underneath them at all. Um, glorious. The best comment from a teammate came from Kareem Jackson who said, you had to get that special made. I haven't seen the shorts like that in a, in a while, except for on babies. And this is Vince <laughs> Wolfgang, like 380 pounds. Right, I love the fact he's listed as 325 pounds. He has got to be Way gotta be over 400. We got, this was performance art. Yeah. I mean, he had everybody rolling. He knows it's a dog, day, dog days of August. you got to come in and lighten the mood. He's got the coach dying up. laughing. This was, this was art. And that's, what I, and that's what I wrote in the recap. I don't know if Vince Wilfer can play anymore. We're very close to the end probably. But just this alone, I get why the Texans would give this guy millions like, of dollars. He kind of sneaks up on O'Brien here. Yeah. He doesn't even know he's there. <laughs> he's like, I think so, after being with the Patriots for a decade, that you're, it's time to let your hair down and have some fun. Yeah. Oh, you'd, get lot, you'd be like in Scientology where they put you in a basement and make you scrub the floor for three days. That's what would happen if you did that on Patriot Way. Greg, any other takeaways uh, from episode four of Hard Knocks? I thought the moment where Charles James, and this is why Hard Knocks is so great, returned or came in at running back. He's a cornerback, but they've tried here and there at running back. Very likable personality. So likable, Aaron Andrews comes up to him before the game and, and tells him he's, she's a big fan. And they put him in at running back. Eh, let's just try it last couple of minutes of the game. And he busts out a 77-yard touchdown. On his first carry, like I was genuinely like excited. I didn't, I didn't realize I was genuinely excited. Like my favorite team won the game. They they called it back by penalty, but it didn't even. He's matter. keeping that ball. It didn't matter. He kept the ball, and the the funniest moment for me, besides Wilfrick uh, dressed as a giant baby, was <laughs> they a slow motion shot of uh, James hoisting up the football in front of Bill O'Brien sitting on the team bus, <laughs> and then O'Brien giving him the finger, and then signaling holding. Uh, all this in slow motion for added That's effect. Uh, an incredible episode. And I would say, uh, Wes, did you see the episode? I saw about the first 35 minutes on my way into work. You so, can watch it on your phone in the car. Did, did you see that? I did, yeah. Did you, what, did, what was your takeaways from the Ryan Mallett misadventure? I don't think Ryan Mallett, you, know, you, you wrote it up perfectly, he didn't help himself on this show in general. But it's sort of like a time to come back and own up your mistake. He just he didn't do that. And I think that's where Bill O'Brien's decision-making to go with Hoyer, maybe sees Hoyer as a more mature leader. You saw, you saw why some teams, maybe the Patriots and, and now the Texans going with Hoyer, maybe the things they aren't so sure about Ryan Matt. What would you saw. suggest he say to Rick Smith when he was in the office? Not making any excuses. <laughs> yeah, Keep that yeah, out, idiot. Right. Don't backtrack and try to explain yourself. Sometimes when you just make a mistake, just own up to it. It's so that you simple. just walk in and say, I messed up, it will never happen no, again. 
Sure, say, what's wrong say, with that? Say I, I messed up. Never. I mean, he's, he went on this long rant about technology. I bought, I bought a new like, alarm clock. I'm not even mad. Right. 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 talking about you're not even mad. Just I bought a battery-powered alarm clock. It'll never happen again. It's like Bill O'Brien said. He's 27. Right. Yeah, it's like the parent that's just exactly, they're just exacerbated by the the kid that is still living at home. And it's like, he's 27. He's got to get it together. You're right. The most head-scratching part was he kept saying, I'm not even mad. Like, you're the one who messed up. Why would you be mad? Yeah. And finally, we had uh, Odell Beckham Jr. somehow made his way into the episode. I Listen, he is the most overexposed professional athlete in this country right now, but I have to hand it to him. Squeezing in a cameo on a show and a training camp that takes place 1,500 miles away and also plugging the video game franchise for which you are the cover boy. I I mean, the guy knows how to market himself. Plus skills. Big-time interception to win the game right at the end. Pick six. Clutch pick six. He also gave... Charles James uh, uh, Heat for letting Eli Manning tackle him on an interception on the back. <laughs> so you let Eli catch you? Anyway, there's our Hard Knocks recap. And that's it for the news. And now it's time to talk about our NFC preview, baby. Let's get into it. 2015 NFC preview. And we're going to go, do, this is how we'll do it. Get excited, society. We're going to go division by division, team by team. And each of us will take turns, one guy per team, per division, Thrown out a question, a big question, one big question, all caps, uh, facing each team, and then we will discuss, and then it will be informative and mirthy. And we'll start with the NFC East, and uh, there's a lot to get to with the NFC East. Who do we want to start with here? I think we're starting with Mark. Start at the bottom. All right. Redskins. Let's do it. I see major seismic shifts ahead in Washington in our nation's capital. Because I'm wondering right now, will RG3, who obviously they don't want to play, and Coach Gruden, will they even be around by Christmas? By I really Christmas. wonder if they'll both out of here, because how does this coach and this owner get along at this point? It's all on the table. I just don't, I see it as a midseason firing. I think RG3 will be gone in the next week. Sure. Wow. Do you think they move him? What do you how think can you take the chance, How can you him? take the chance of him getting injured and you have to pay $16 million to mm-hmm. him next year? Well, you don't play him. He can still get injured on the practice field. I guess. Well, that's people have mentioned that, and that's true. It's it's possible that it could happen, but you would probably have to tear your Achilles or something. It's not that if he's hurt right now, it's if he's not healthy by March. So, so you're right. I mean, you could risk that he tears his Achilles or tears his ACL on the. I mean, this could happen field. at Thanksgiving. He he tears his ACL. He tears his MCL. He tears his Achilles. What about he the busts toxic? his shoulder? Does any team want him though? Well, I, but you just cut, you just release them, maybe. By the way, you got you got to move on. One of the problems with, that Gruden has is they already have a possible interim head coach in house, Bill Callahan. That just seems like an interim head coach if there ever was one. Mm. If they if they're really getting isn't there an through. interim head coach on every coaching staff? Probably, but it, it, hel- it helps to have someone like that who's had experience. You're not going to Joe Gruden, Barry. I think Gruden's fine now that he's not starting RG3. Yeah, his team's we'll great. This is the best decision he could have made. At least give yourself a shot here. Don't go down with the RG3 ship. Wes, your question. Well, the Eagles. We have them as the favorites. We like their defense. We like their running game. Are we making too much out of Sam Bradford's 10 passes in preseason week three? Is this guy going to carry them to the division title? I say no, and not because he looked great in week three, but because we've seen two years of evidence of what Chip Kelly's system can do. And I don't think there's anyone that believes Bradford is less talented than Nick Foles or Mark Sanchez. We've seen the yards that they can put up, so why not Bradford? 
I say yes. I think we're. I think he's been amazing, and he deserves all the credit in the world. And people should be optimistic about this offense. But it's not going to be this easy. There's going to be a time where he's going to take a hit, and maybe he won't get back back up, or maybe the knee doesn't hold up. You never know. And he'll have struggles. I mean, right now it, it seems like he's going to have a 2013 Peyton Manning season. I don't buy that. I don't Whoa. think he's that good. No, he's Whoa. not. Gonna have Nobody, that. nobody's just, going there. Well, I think a lot of people are all of a sudden getting on the bandwagon that this offense is completely unstoppable. But Sam Bradford is still a guy with a trick knee that's missed the last two well, years. Here's one thing, though. It, we can call it as much as any offense in the league as we have a quarterback-proof offense. So now you actually have the best quarterback, the Chip Kelly's ever worked with in the NFL. From that angle, I do believe it. I think Bradford is the guy we saw in the preseason because he's in a much better offense. The Rams' offense was always dead on arrival. The question is, 16 games, can he stay healthy? Not someone that's shown us he can do that. And that does matter. There's definite questions throughout that offensive line that haven't been there in the past. Some changes there. Lane Johnson's been up and down. He's not going to be there all season. So that could be a problem if Bradford gets hit a lot. This is my question on the New York Giants. Is this... The beginning of the end for Tom Coughlin, one of the more celebrated coaches in franchise history. Guy's been around forever now. Like You don't even realize that he's been around since 2004, uh, but they haven't made the playoffs in recent seasons since that Super Bowl win. Uh, a lot of expectation this year with Eli uh, there, with Odell Beckham. I know there's some holes with the defense, but... Do we believe that this is the last year Tom Coughlin is the coach of the New York Giants? I think Greg's fired him two Augusts in a row. <laughs> he, Stunner. I, I mean, the defense, you said there's some holes. You know, that's like saying uh, the Yankees are somewhat obnoxious. It's like, you know, was, I don't know. I was just I'll let that. I'll let that go because it was so bad. It was off the cuff. You know, yeah. they can't all be winners. Their defense, there's nothing good about their defense. It's one of, on paper, I think the worst two or three defense in the league. It's a bad sign when your big move in the offseason, the big, hey, this is the move we're making. Let's bring back Steve Spagnuolo. And, and he's going to just revive our old glory after having a terrible last seven or eight years since leaving us. That's all they really did this offseason on defense. Yeah, I think Coughlin is at the age to where if things go completely south this season, he himself may decide he wants to walk out. But the only problem I'd have with just firing and when you still have a year or two, a little bit more of Eli Manning, is Ben McAdoo is building a good offense by all accounts, going back, switching into a third coordinator in four seasons for Manning and starting over. I just don't think it's a good dynamic. Does anybody think Tom Coffin is the problem and the reason why the Giants haven't? Not necessarily. No, I, I don't necessarily. So why fire him? Because if you don't make the playoffs, you haven't won 10 wins in a season since 2000. I mean, you've just been mediocre for five straight years if they do it again. Then, you know, I mean, if they go two and 14, the GM could go too. I mean, there's a lot of stuff there that's been in place for a long time. My question is Mm. about uh, the team that we had in second place in the NFC East. A lot of people have them in first. It's the Dallas Cowboys. I don't think their offense is going to be as good this season, but can their front seven now, which has been rebuilt, turn into a big team strength for them? Why not? I mean, you love Tyron Crawford, right? I do. We've got Greg Hardy. Who will be, what's he, suspended four games? That's right. Easy guy to root for, too. <laughs> you got uh, Sean Lee's coming back. I mean, this is a much better front got, seven. They took a chance on Gregory. I think that looks like it's working out. Demarcus Lawrence. I mean, this was an absolutely depleted group two years ago. And Jerry Jones deserves credit, along with Steven Jones, for rebuilding it pretty quickly with some exciting young players. The Cowboys took a chance on a couple of guys in the draft that I think are, it's going gonna, it's gonna to pan out for them. I like it. That's very optimistic about the Cowboys. I know we've been a little down on the Cowboys in this room. Well, we didn't talk about they just lost their top cornerback. 
Right, the oh, secondary is bad. I, mean, I was going to ask, can they handle success? That's part of my you know, reasoning with the Cowboys. Is just I've seen it so long over the Jerry Jones era that they are generally a mediocre franchise that gets a little too full of themselves but and really, doesn't stay good for long. In, so, well, let me play devil's advocate. <laughs> so that's why I'm just expecting them to fall back. It's let not me really play logical. devil's advocate. Didn't they prove to be the mentally toughest team in the league last year? They went undefeated they on the road. And they were always winning games when they're back. That's backs fair. And I think it's Garrett. It's not the other coaches of the past. When you're right, they'd have a good season and then crumble. I like what Garrett is, to be honest, much more than a couple of years ago. He's a piece of vanilla uh, toast. I think he's I seen know. that way, but you know what? You have to no, give him credit for what happened last good, season. Vanilla toast. <laughs> um, all right, let's talk. Market that. Let's move on and talk a little bit about the NFC North. And Mark, we'll start with you. You're going to talk about one of the darlings of uh, the preseason analysts. Yeah, I mean, well, the Vikings, for a lot of good reasons, they went out and aggressively added talent on offense. I think they have a they where they they had no passing game a couple of years ago. And now you have Adrian Peterson back, and you've got all these weapons. Charles Johnson's growing up. You've got a bunch going on. Mike Wallace. But are we anointing Charles Teddy? Johnson is growing up. I mean, you sound like a proud father. I, I am a proud father. Before you know, I remember eyes. when we were making fun of Charles Johnson on And now look at him now, ago. a superstar in the NFL. Well, Norv Turner called him the best receiver on the roster at the end of last season, and I trust Norv Turner's judgment. Don't ever, How, yeah, don't ever say one mildly negative thing about a player that Mark likes that <laughs> turns out to be okay, halfway yeah. good. TD's in my Watch ear. Said, TD's saying, get to the question. Are we anointing, though, Teddy Bridgewater too soon to be able to do something with all this stew of talent? No, we're not anointing him too soon. You said you trust North Turner. Mm-hmm. He and Mike Zimmer, they have that Cheshire Cat smile on their face because they know this guy is a, a legit franchise quarterback or he's going to develop into that. There's nothing we've seen from him that we don't like, really. I, I love his touch on the ball. He's got great pocket presence. He's now got much better weapon. This guy was supposed to have Peterson, uh, Rudolph, Greg Jennings last Rudolph year. could have a big year. Now, he was throwing to Charles Johnson, Jarius Wright, and Chase Ford at the end of the year. He's yeah. going to have real weapons this year. And, and he's a guy who wins so much before the snap and with his mental game that that's something you can really improve a lot from year one to year two. I say we're not anointing him too soon because all he has to do is be Andy Dalton or Alex Smith right now for them to win, and I think he can be better than that. That feels, yeah, I agree. That feels like a 10-win team if Bridgewater is competent. He seems like well on the way to competence and even beyond that potentially. Wes, your turn. Can Matthew Stafford recapture 2011 form? Remember, this is a guy who had 41 touchdowns and over 5,000 passing yards, and he has regressed since then. Mm. Is he consistent enough to take advantage of Calvin Johnson, Golden Tate, Eric Ebron, and, and Amir Abdullah, who th- this offense is loaded with weapons. I, I feel like he's one of the quarterbacks that I trust the least and I find most frustrating to watch on Game Pass because what you get from one week is not the same the next. He's been in the league since 2009. So if we're going to look at a guy like Andy Dalton and say he can't change, so why are we so sure that just because the talent around him increases that Stafford as a quarterback is going to change? We and have it, seen Stafford do it, though. Well, we, we have haven't seen, seen him put Dalton up Maybe when numbers. everything else around him is perfect. I 100% agree with everything that Mark says. I think he is who he is right now. Now, if the protection's way better and the run game's way better and he has all those talents, they're going to make him look look better. Yeah. But he's not going to be consistent. My, my feeling on Stafford is that the Lions are in a little bit of a tricky place because I don't think he'll ever become like an A-level quarterback. And I don't I think he's better than a C-level quarterback. He's right at like B. And, and he's maybe, at the Eli Manning-Flacco level, though, and they, they and won. Yeah, if you can, way to win. And if you can get the right team around him, you know, maybe something clicks. But we don't know what he can do. He can get hot, can get hot for much. a month. Sure he could. But yeah. it's, do we trust that to happen? That's not the first guy I'd no, say, I, oh, I, yeah, it's going to be Stafford. 
And you don't worry about his durability anymore. He's been uh, yeah. on the field constantly after those first couple of years. Uh, next up, my turn. The old Zeuser. We'll talk about the Packers. Uh, you know, are they going to... Constant branding with Dan. <laughs> That's what you got to do. Can <laughs> the Packers... The theme song. <laughs> That's too. I like it. Part of his contract now, we have to play Get Your Dan Hansis every single show. <laughs> I like it. Uh, can the Packers finally secure home field advantage in the NFC? Because let's face it, mm. they were, would not have blown that game uh, in January if they were at Lambeau. It's, it's, I knew week one they played at Seattle. When they lost that game, you knew they were in a bad spot and it could come back to haunt them. Sure enough, they lose the game, the, the NFC title game at Seattle. Can they get out of the, out of the what do they call that in racing? The blocks. Nailed Eight it. Blocks? Faster. <laughs> They've started one and two. They'll pass three seasons. Uh, <laughs> Nailed, Nailed it. it. Nailed it. They started one and two. One and two. The past three seasons. Get out of the blocks fast. Get that number you one seed. And then take care of business in the playoffs and get back to the Super Bowl because Aaron Rodgers doesn't have too much time left. Well, he does, but this is him at his absolute peak, and this team is loaded, as we know, even without Jordy Nelson. Right, massive preamble to your question. Yeah. I enjoyed all of it. Unlike I mean, listen, yours. Okay, out of the ahead. gates, out of the gates, Jordy Nelson's not on the field. <laughs> it's going to be tougher than it was a year ago. The other problem I had with Green Bay coming out with the best record in the NFC, that division had, was Cream Puff Central for a while. We just talked about the Lions and the Vikings as potential playoff teams. We'd be surprised if they both didn't push for the playoffs. T- tough out-of-division schedule, too, and they're, not, they're kind of a team like the Patriots that starts slow. They're, they're not always a very consistent regular season team. The, the year they won the Super Bowl, they certainly weren't. This so, is why I think the Nelson injury is so hurtful because it puts in perspective last year's loss. That was your opportunity. Mm-hmm. You blew it. Your team's not the same this year. One of your best players is gone. You might not ever get that opportunity again. You know, Mark, I didn't give you a hard time during your obligatory Charles Johnson hero worship yeah. segment. I knew we were going to come back to my preamble comment. I like this. Go Hands for it. Sessler heat. Go Let's for it. No, no, I welcome it. Sign me up for Greg, season up. two. No, I love Mark. He got me a sandwich. My, uh, <laughs> my question is about the Chicago Bears, one that I ask every morning when I wake up. Why does everyone have so much faith in John Fox? <laughs> oh, let's... Let's put old Foxy in there. Let's put old Foxy. Everything will be fine now. They'll be more competent. Like, why? I don't know. Doesn't he have a history of turning teams around only to fall short in the playoffs? Well, I think he'll make a good, he'll make a great team good, and he'll make a bad team good. Wait. I think but you're never going to get great with him. I think I he's going to take well a bad put. team, and may, maybe they'll be worse. Look at that. Look at the roster. Uh, I don't really believe in Adam Gase to turn the offense around. I think this could be the worst team in the NFL. This is this year's Titans. The Bears don't exist to me until they cut Jay Cutler. Wow. They're a tough watch. It's hard to get excited about them. I don't understand. John Fox gets a lot of hate around these parts, and I know he got Mostly from Greg. outclassed <laughs> in the Super Bowl against the Seahawks. But, yes, he took a Jake DeLome team to the Super Bowl uh, a while yeah, back. like a he decade took, plus ago. He took a Tim Tebow team to the playoffs. Yeah, and he also took a Panthers team to a 2 playoff team game. record. It happened. Uh, no, well, listen, you stick Jimmy any team with Jimmy Clausen, and that's not fair. And then, you know, the Peyton Manning teams are always competitive, obviously, with him there. Not going to give him too much credit for that. But this guy is, there are way worse coaches than John You're right. I guess. I have a big theory on coaches. Six or seven matter to the good. It could be four or five in a given year. It could be seven. Six or seven matter because they're terrible. And to the bad. And John Fox, to me, is not in either one of those groups. He just doesn't matter. He's going to get you the record that your roster gets you, and that roster is terrible. I think it's telling that Elway, who I think we can trust at this point, he's built a great team in Denver, looked at Fox and said, he can get me most of the way there, but he can't get me all the way there. All right. 
All right, let's move on now, Mark, to the NFC South, where you're going to ask a big, important question about the Atlanta Falcons. So I don't want to judge too much. I'm actually going to ask it about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't want to. I don't want to go too much off of the preseason. <laughs> wow, this heat. But no, no, no. That was just a simple correction. Let's get back on course. We're going to Tampa. Uh, you know, listen. You, you look at the last game against the Browns, and it's it's one game, and it's preseason. But the line, which wrecked two quarterbacks last season. Last year was all much. We're excited about Josh McCown, remember? And we are excited about Mike Lennon. They're both played because neither could stay healthy behind that line. Now you're putting a rookie out there behind what looks like equally a shambles. Are you worried? I Any thought last you, 16 games. Yes. I thought that might have been hyperbole. Our last podcast when you explained how Cleveland's defensive line destroyed Desmond Bryant, as Mark would say, fashioned a multicolored clown suit for Ali Marpet. <laughs> there, he he. Blew him up, pushed him back into the quarterback. Then he had Marpet so scared that he had a penalty, and then he sacked him in the very next play. I yeah. mean, this was that's as much as you can dominate an offensive line. I, I brought this up on our NFL Now thing last week. Uh, we're going to be part of this NFL Now Sunday Blitz. Apparently, you guys can watch every Sunday. Just throwing a plug, right. plug in there, live. And Go I for said, it. well, the offensive line's a problem, and Jamie Dukes said, well, no, they've addressed it. They drafted Donovan Smith. He's going to be their I heard Jamie Duke saying the same thing in the huddle one day, and I thought that was crazy. Okay, yeah, there's no way the guy from Hobart might not work out. (laughs) Uh, Oh, yeah, Donovan Smith, who, by the way, is already hurt, and they're missing both tackles. Rookie offensive linemen struggle like rookie cornerbacks struggle. Exactly. So just because they drafted a couple guys doesn't mean it's solved. Mm. Wes, your question. (laughs) Let's go to the Falcons. You know, I'm going to take them. You know what? I made a mistake. I apologize. You don't even have to apologize. Okay. You're, in my mind, you are pretty much the quintessential host. Oh, wow. Thanks, man. Yeah. Pretty TD, much. Can I get my music again? <laughs> Why just pretty much? Are we killing he time is. here? What's he going is. on? I we so were the last, the Mike Smith era, the vestige of the Mike Smith era is that they've had the worst offensive line and one of the worst defensive lines in the NFL. Are they still inept on both sides of the ball in the trenches? Because I don't, Greg's got them winning the division. I don't think they win the division if, if Matt Ryan's being pressured all the time and if they can't stop the run. I don't feel good about this prediction. I don't really like any of these teams. They're counting on Kyle Shanahan's scheme to solve the line, which is asking a lot because the talent's not any better. They didn't invest anything in it. I do trust Dan Quinn, though, with the defense to bring in a scheme that the, the players say they love it, and it sounds like they feel like they can bring more pressure. Now, we heard that all last summer, so we got to see it. The line could be better. You know, they brought in Vic Beasley. If he works out, you know, you signed, who did they sign? You know, Claiborne and Brooks Reed. Claiborne and, and Babineau have been putting heat O'Brien on. O'Brien Schofield. Yeah. It's like at least they have more people there. They brought in a bunch of guys who have averaged two sacks per season in their career. They can't be worse than last season. I mean, it, was, it was unbelievable quality. how untough they were after you had to write four articles about how tough they're going to be based on hard knocks. They sold that real hard. I no think the getting rid of Mike Smith factor is my is the ticket I'm riding to them winning the division. I think that's a huge plus. I will keep things simple with the defend, back-to-back defending champion NFC uh, South Carolina Panthers. Will Cam Newton be doomed once again by a suspect sport, supporting cast on offense? This time it's not all the front office's fault or salary cap issues or what have you. They lost Kevin Benjamin, obviously the ACL tear. We don't know what we're going to get from Devin Funches. Uh, I know we're big on Jonathan Stewart, and Greg Olson's a nice player. But is there enough there, or is once again Cam Newton going into uh, a fight with a you know a pea shooter? Well, he needs a <laughs> bigger <laughs> caliber gun. Wow, that word just jumped into your head. You weren't sure it was going to be there. Woo! That was great. <laughs> 
I think he has the worst supporting cast, arguably, of any quarterback in the league if you count offensive line, skill position talent, and offensive coordinator. Mm. I don't know if there's any team that's any worse. Browns are in the mix. I hate to you know, say No, I mean, it's skill position-wise, sure. If Mike Shula... The, Rams the Browns the have an offensive line, though. The, the Cam Newton doesn't really have anything. If Mike yeah. Shula disappeared, by the way, I, if I was an investigator, I would look into Greg's whereabouts. <laughs> I checked the, the cell phone towers where they're pinging <laughs> off his phone. Yeah. I'd see. Like Adnod? Wes has got yeah. a stable of boys. I got the dungeon of uh, <laughs> dungeon just, of doom. First thing I go, Greg, what were you doing the night of Mike Shula's disappearance? I, you know what I am? I'm a Cam Newton believer that uh, doesn't like him being saddled with this lousy team. Being saddled with a roster full of number five receivers. Exactly. Well, I think you, when you lose Kelvin Benjamin, the, the stock on that whole offense went down a ton. Dan, I believe you listed Devin Funchess as your Rookie of the Year mm, pick. You did. Yeah. You must That's believe in some That's quite a leap degree. of faith. It was a leap of faith, and you know, honestly, probably could have put a little more thought into it. So what have you seen? What do you like about it? I like Funchess. However, I, it makes sense when you think about it. Let's say Cam. I broke it down in my head. Let's say Cam Newton throws about twenty touchdowns this year, right? Greg Olson catches eight if he stays healthy. Someone's going to have to catch seven or eight what touchdowns. What if Funches stinks? Yeah. He was one of the most polarizing players in the draft. It makes sense. A lot, of, a lot of guys didn't think he'd be good at all. And that I'll say that, like, and I've said on this podcast before, my knowledge of these college guys comes once you get to the NFL. Maybe he's not that good. I'm not even sure. But I know they invested a high draft pick in him, and he's going to have an immediate role in that offense. I'm rolling the dice with my pick. A lot of my problem with the Panthers is not everyone around Cam Newton, but very often Cam Newton himself. Right, and he's not good enough to make up for this bad roster. I'm not trying to say he's a, he needs to be a top five quarterback to make. He's not close to that right now. Greg, you're up. Drew Brees is, but how close is he? Is he in decline or not? To me, that's the question because the defense already looks like they have big problems. Drew Brees needs to be as good as he's ever been for them to be good. Uh, I thought he was in decline last year, but we also thought you know Tom Brady was in decline going into last season too, and he's Super Bowl MVP. I think. These things can be reversed. I think also we've talked about this, you know, ad nauseum, but they've reshaped the way the team's going to do it this season. It's not just Breeze airing it out nonstop. Well, that's easy to say until you give up 30 points a game. P.J. Williams, we just learned, is out for the season, cornerback they drafted. Their best cornerback, Keenan Lewis, is out for four to six weeks with a hip surgery. I mean, there's... Jarris Bird has not seen the field Jarris and Bird might be might... on pup. Jarris Bird oh, might not play. There he is, Tito. <laughs> well, then that changes everything. But let's say it goes, let's say the defense is even midway, right? Mid Middle of the pack. And they're able to do what they sure. want. They're putting Breeze in a better situation. Because we've heard from Ian Rappaport two years in a row that the Saints themselves think that Breeze is nearing the end. Mm. And they've been looking for other quarterbacks. So I think they know better than anyone. I believe the Saints point. are in a tough spot. I don't think they have... Uh, a really well-balanced team. And I think Breeze has entered the 30 touchdown, 20 interception, 86 passer rating period of his career, which will go for a couple of years, which is certainly fine in a guy you could still build a team around. But I don't think he's good enough anymore at that level to take a bad team to the playoffs. You know what the last, multiple ones. You know what the last uh, seven or eight minutes have uh, raised another question with me? Is the NFC South now the worst division in football? What do you mean now? I would say the AFC They were South last was, year. I would have said the AFC South still. No, the they AFC South with, had the Colts. I know they had one team, but they right. had three garbage. Well, didn't the, the division winner go 8-7-1 and one last year or something? All right. I guess. Yeah, I mean, you, at question. least the South had an AFC championship club in it. All right. Sully's whipping gonna, up on those other Sully's going to replace me the rest of the show. <laughs> no, Greg, you tried. It was good. I like your haircut. Finally, let's move on to the <laughs> NFC West, uh, a division really uh, that seems pretty uh, interesting with a lot of teams to get into. And we'll start with Mark. Uh, you're going to talk about the cards. Well, I got the Cardinals, and I think for me, I've automatically kind of just 
plugged them in as a wildcard team all offseason. I love Bruce Arians, and I don't see a team with a major gaping issue that would prevent that from happening. The question for me is, are we going to get pre-injury Carson Palmer, the guy that went, what, 15-3 and over his last so-and-so starts? He was been fantastic for that team. Are we going to get him, or are we going to get a much older, coming off an injury Carson Palmer? Sounds weird to say, but he's like the Kelvin Benjamin of quarterbacks, where he's not one of the top five at his position, but he's one of the most valuable to his team. Because the Cardinals without Carson Palmer are not a playoff team. And I saw it last year. I think the preseason can't tell you whether he's going to have a good season or not, but it can tell you he is throwing the ball well. I mean, he threw three or four beautiful throws in their second preseason game. So he's healthy enough to play. To me, he's a a boomer bust guy. I mean, mean, he could have a Pro Bowl season, or he could be pretty lousy if the protection's He'll be able to spin it when he's 60 years old. I I don't doubt that. But can he move anymore? And can – listen, he should have the same doubts that we have with Sam Bradford, two ACL reconstructions. Can he hold up over seven? The word out of Cardinals all offseason is that he's moving better than he did before the injury – and whereas his previous ACL tear was like a grade four, this was the easiest. One. I mean, I'm, right. I'm more worried. I'm actually not that worried about Palmer. I'm more worried about his protection because he needs. Sure, to that's do the it. issue. And the defense. It's like Lamar. Why are you so worried about the Lamar defense? Woodley and Frosty Rucker and Kevin Minter and, and this defense is pretty and Toddy bad. Balls on ain't paper. there anymore. Hold on, we're talking about a team who started a 34 year old Larry Foot last year and and still beat everyone's expectations. Well, about- they've not changed the scheme at all which is one good thing. And they found a way that over and over that defense finds a way I to I think their defense injuries. is better this year. Do, do we have any concerns about Todd Bowles not being there anymore? He was a major part of that defense, no. obviously. No. Well, the, Arians, the new guy, whatever his name James is. James Betcher. Yeah. yeah. Bruce Arians loves that guy. Arians said it's same scheme, and we've rolled right through it with no issue. You're going to miss Todd Bowles. The Jets hiring well, that's Todd Bowles immediately <laughs> made me think less of him, that he couldn't be that big a factor. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Rex Ryan stuck it to Brady all the time. Just know what they're doing on D. What was that, TD? You had something? Oh, we're going on to the Seahawks next, right? Yeah, we are. Who has that question for us? I got it. Oh, I got a, I got one serious question now. <laughs> okay, TD. All right. All right, good to know. What's going to be the status of Sierra and Russell Wilson's relationship? Because I think that's a huge... Don't care! Uh... <laughs> it will... Does it survive the year? No, it's not going to survive. Yeah, they'll break it. I mean, it's not real. It's all done for Russell Wilson to appear human. Which right. he clearly is not. Uh, so they'll they'll take it as far as it goes. And if there's too much PR backlash, which I think there already is, people are, are kind of seeing through it. They'll mutually write up a press release and announce that the union is over. It's about as real as the sandwich uh, Sessler gave to Hansis. That's just all Hollywood. Well, especially at this bakery. point, <laughs> I wouldn't eat that. All right, Wes, your Seahawks question is this also about a uh, pop star? No, back to football. Yes. Uh, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> Jimmy Graham, one of the biggest enigmas in the NFL. I mean, when he's fully healthy, one of the most unstoppable players, one of the most unstoppable offensive forces in the league. When he's not fully healthy, he disappears for months at a time. Can Russell Wilson bring out the unstoppable Jimmy Graham? Mm. Isn't it more about can Jimmy Graham stay healthy? Because we've talked about once Jimmy Graham gets uh, hurt, he's one of those guys that does not play through an injury well. And maybe he's just not built for this type of uh, it's this, a, this gig. It's a fair question. My thinking was more along the lines of whenever Russell Wilson is a big receiver, and we saw this when he first came into the league and he would throw it up to Sidney Rice really accurately down the field and let Sidney Rice's catch radius take care of business. 
Chris Matthews in the Super Bowl last year. I think Jimmy Graham is a godsend for Russell Wilson. I, they match up so well together. I agree. My answer would be yes, because Russell Wilson is awesome at throwing between the, the seams. I mean, he's got to be one of the best quarterbacks mm. in the league at doing that, and Jimmy Graham is right there for him. Yeah, I see no reason to doubt it. I mean, again, forget the preseason, but looking at the last game they had, they were just not on the same page. It might take a month for them to kind of get that chemistry. Russell Wilson had like 25 yards passing at the end of that half. And Jimmy Graham couldn't help. I don't think the situation. Seahawks are running their offense. No, and that's fair. But it's just that even when the regular season comes, if they haven't run the real offense and they're finally going to start to do it, just like an offensive line, Graham and Russell are going to need a little bit of time. All right, my turn. Have we been too quick to write off the San Francisco 49ers? Mm. Historic exodus, of course, a lot of top-tier talent. But there are still some pieces in place, and I, I think we talked about this on Monday. How do you not get a little bit excited about Navarro Bowman not just being healthy, but the same guy before knee surgery based on what we've seen in the preseason? And there are some guys a couple of years ago, Colin Kaepernick was a guy we saw as one maybe a top 10 quarterback in the league. He's still, what, 26, 27 years old. You have Vernon Davis. You have Torrey Smith there now. There are some guys there. Jared have we Hain. been Jared Hayne is there running through the tackles. How have we been too quick to say, oh, this is now a five-win team? No, they're a five-win team. They've got major issues. Look at their offensive line. It's a disaster yeah, area. A I'm not convinced that Colin Kaepernick's going to have a good year. Nothing I've seen from him suggests that he's learned how to be a touch passer. Jeep, Jeep Christ is their offensive coordinator. So they lost a lot of coaching talent. That's a concern. But I, my answer to you is yes, I think we've been too... Uh, quick to write them up. I think they could be a seven or eight win type of team that's in the mix and could surprise some teams. Well, that's writing you. them off because seven or eight well, wins I, isn't it, a playoff team. Well, let me let me just make it clear. What I'm with Greg because I see people looking at them as a laughing stock where I think they could be competitive. It wouldn't shock me if they were. T- it wouldn't totally stun me if they're nine and seven or ten and six and they sneak into the playoffs. Like, that would that would stun me. That's a little rich for me, but I think you're coming from. We were saying, oh, they're going to be three and thirteen. They're an absolute train wreck. Where them going eight and eight, eight and eight teams are really a lot of times just five and eleven teams in disguise where everything went right. So I, if that happened, I wouldn't. It wouldn't be that surprising to me. All right, finally, Greg. Well, we wrap up with the most exciting team in the league. Yeah, boys, the St. Louis Rams. <laughs> What a defense this is going to be. But will they be so good all for not because the offense is bad? And will Greg Williams then murder Frank Signetti, P.I., <laughs> because wow. of it? And if that happens, who's going to solve the case? <laughs> well, that's Signetti's a major then. problem. That's a major <laughs> problem. I didn't think of that. Sessler will solve it. Well, no, you need yeah. Ted Wells. Super sleuth. NFL gumshoe. I mean, this is Greg Williams' chance to get back into the NFL limelight if Signetti doesn't blow it. Yeah, him. we really need a Greg Williams redemption story <laughs> in the NFL. Well, he's really carrying the torch for the Triple G uh, Gregs in the NFL, so I've always been. <laughs> well, haven't we heard from, if, we, if, if, the, if the Seahawks and everyone else aren't showing their offense, then neither the Rams. Haven't we heard all offseason from Rams players that this offense is much more creative, that guys are getting yeah. more opportunities? I hope so. I hope so. That's what I'm banking Why are on. we really... believing that, that Kenny Britt and uh, Trey Watts are going to lead this team to... to Come on. Trey Watts isn't even the best Trey in that backfield. He might be starting week one. And if Todd Gurley's healthy, all bets are off. They could be a decent Didn't Jeff offense. Fisher just say, just get us to 7-9 and nine and let's go to Los Angeles? That's all Jeff wants. Jeff wants to be sitting in on the show during the offseason, just hamming it up, that big old mm. stash. You guys aren't really buying into the murderous uh, inclinations. That I think it's more likely you murder Mike Shula. <laughs> Wait, this is a coach who once said that if you cut off the head, the, the offense right. will fall? Hold on. Yes. Uh, shadowy league figure is uh, coming upstairs. <laughs> Look, that, that's on tape. He said it. It's, fu- it's By the way, it's funny you bring up Frank Signetti because I do actually have a follow-up question about the Rams, <laughs> wow. and it's related. Um, let's bring that up, TD. 
on the board. Can Detective Frank Sinetti clean up the streets of St. Louis, <laughs> overcome corruption within his own department, and find a way to relate to his headstrong teenage daughter from a previous relationship? I don't know. St. Louis has been through some ups and downs. We've got a lot of cleaning up to do. Uh, the daughter part, always tricky. A lot of moving parts there. He could have saved True Detective Season 2, Frank Signetti, <laughs> if he was a character. Him and Greg Williams. How about that as a pair? But you can't, I mean, in anything, you could talk about it in our, our careers as well. Uh, sometimes middle management or other figures get in the way of what you want. He deals with that with the St. Louis PD. Mm. And then he's got his daughter, Gloria, who's a really nice girl, sweet girl, but she's got the old man's stubborn ways. I see a happy ending. Headstrong girl. All right, now. That's what I know about Gloria. <laughs> now it's time. <laughs> and it's a shame that marriage didn't work out because Frank and Judy... I thought they were built last. Why the thing, real there, deep in. There's still a kernel of love between them. You see that. And the thing I like about Signetti, it's like, okay, she's not living with him. <laughs> yes. But he's still a good father. Yeah. It yeah, doesn't mean that you're not, it doesn't mean that you can't be a good father and love your daughter. Signetti goes 10 seasons, though. The wife, the, the comeback with the wife thing, that is yeah. like season five material. You don't want to go too Frank, early. are you married to me or your career? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was a common refrain. Yeah. I've heard that before. All right, prediction time now for the <laughs> NFC. Uh, we, will, we will, if Frank Signetti ever actually heard this podcast, he'd be like, what world is going, where, where am I? Is MJD the, might be right. All right, so let's go through our <laughs> NFC predictions one by one. Mark, we'll start with you. Give us your four division winners, your two wild cards. All right, division winners. I go Seahawks out of the West, Packers out of the North. I got the Eagles out of the East, the Saints out of the South, and my two wild card teams are the Detroit Lions. And I do believe in them, the mm. Arizona Cardinals. This is basically the, the around the NFL chalk predict. Not chalk, but these are our consensus picks as well, I believe. Mark, you are our consensus. Well, I, old I'm Mark not consensus expecting too many different answers from the group. Let's see. No. Let's see. Wes, your turn. They should keep Mark's list up there. It's the exact same one I Oh, really? Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, it's the exact same list. Wow. Oh, my God. In the same order, That's too. Good. Lions. Well, I know, Greg. Greg hates when people put the same playoff teams in year after hey, year. Hey, by the way, your predictions have always stunk, so why not mix I it should up just make up that the Rams are going to be good so I can do something new. Look, teams are good, so you make them, you predict that they're going to be good. So you have Seahawks, Eagles. No, you have Eagles as a two seed. Mark doesn't have that. I mean, we both have well, No, them. those are just the division winners. I have the same exact line. I do have them as a two seed, though. Yeah. So that's a little different. That's different. That's a big difference. All right, Wes, nice choices. Mark, also nice choices. Let's take a look at my choices. I have the Seahawks, again, with the number one seed for the uh, third straight year. I have the Packers at number two. The Eagles, I think we're all high on the Eagles, it seems, uh, winning their division with a really nice record. I have the Saints taking care of business in a bad, crappy division. And then the Lions and Vikings, I see them both as double-digit win teams. I think the Lions maybe even could sneak out 11. I'm in on the Lions. No so Dallas for picks. anyone so far. And the yeah, Lions are not in, in for all three teams. So your big change is the Vikings get in instead of the Cardinals. Cards. I'm a little down on the Cardinals, as we talked about on Monday's show. Greg, your picks. Uh, my picks, I, I have the same top two teams. I have the Seahawks and the Packers in that order. The Eagles winning the NFC East. I have the Falcons getting out of the NFC South. The Vikings and then the Rams as my sixth. There he is. Sixteen. I like it, Greg. It, the, my theory here, Wes, is that none of us know anything anyways. There's no way to know. 
And so you'd kind of look for teams that would logically be like a team that fills a gap in a bad division. Look, like Atlanta. I know, you know what Matt you're thinking Ryan, is. I Matt think Ryan. it's very bold to put one of the worst teams in football in the playoffs. Who's Greg? that? The Rams. Oh, stop. Greg, you, you've just mm. talked what? about the They defense. won seven games with Austin Davis and you know, like your grandmother. Uh, at, they at won Ryan. like six games. It, is Nick Foles better than Austin Davis? Yes. You've just Are talked sure? about the defensive coordinator, you know, offing the offensive well, that would caller. That would be a, you know, a distraction if that happens. They they'd overcome to, that. They'd have to overcome that. I said could, it could happen if Signetti doesn't, you know, pull his weight. I don't think you should stop with the Rams. I think you should put the Browns oh, and the Titans yeah. in the AFC playoffs. All right. I knew this was going to go down a bad road when Greg <laughs> said to Wes, none of us know anything. The mailman doesn't like to be told he doesn't know anything. The mailman knows everything. Not for no, we, I mean, I, I agree that preseason is prime season for you take a, you take a lot of conclusions out of stuff that you can't. So in that sense, he's right. But, but Cliff Clayton but we doesn't know, like being But told we can evaluate enough. rosters and yeah. say the Rams roster just isn't very strong. I like the defense. All right, let's get out of here. I'm going to have some of this sandwich right now. You should. Mm. Congealed egg. It's going to be a little cold. Can you get sick from cold eggs? Uh, you can get sick from eggs in general. Mm. Oh, the avocado looks good. It looks, it looks good. pretty tasty. Mark, thank you. And You're Trent welcome. Richardson, thank you for not being able to hit a hole. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was, you know, mm. exciting. Watching Dan eat. That's good. All right. Let's wrap this thing up. All right, baby. that's it. Let's get out of here. This is, um, wait, let me swallow. <laughs> Debt's paid. When are you going to get the water for us, TD? <laughs> this is Dan Hansen signing off for the quiet storm. The mailman, the boss, TD, and everybody else behind the glass. We will be back um, on Friday with our AFC preview. Mm. And then we roll into the big week. So get excited. The Around the NFL podcast is over! You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.